One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Lab Rats. My name is Darian of Lab Shenanigans, and this is Scientifically Speaking. On this week's episode, my guests and I talk about their trauma and finding the right therapist. Enjoy the show. Recording in progress. <laughs> big, big gulp of air. <gasps> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scientifically Speaking. I have a beautiful guest today. Her name is Dr. Naomi Ko Bellick, and I know I call Casfight, and I, I apologize. And she, <laughs> y'all, she's a BBB. She's a blood brain barrier. <laughs> she's, she is biracial. She's a bimbo, and she's a biologist. She also got her PhD in stem cell biology from the University of Technology, Sydney, and she is a freelance science communicator. How are you, Naomi? I feel so special. I'm good. I just woke up because time differences are not my friend, but I'm really happy to be here with you. What time is it over there? It's like 9 a.m. I should be working, but it's okay. I started early, so it's fine. (laughs) Girl, it is from where I'm at, Texas. It is 4 p.m. It is my post-lunch crash, you know? Yes. That's why I have another cup of coffee. At 4 p.m.? How late do you stay up? I think more recently, I've been staying up to 2 a.m. Literally 2 a.m. Yes. You need to fix that. I'm going to send you some reading material. Am I going to work on your fucking sleep? Okay. <laughs> Nessie Hill's got you. We're going to fix this. Please, please. Before recording this, I was like making sure that I was saying your name right because Ovs, I don't want to say it incorrectly. And you're like, oh, well, it's already classified. <laughs> okay. So what is the correct pronunciation? Oh, okay. So. I'll give you a little story. I went to this bar many moons ago, pre-Rona, when that was a thing. Uh-huh. And this security guard was like, oh, Belich, you must be Croatian. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm half Croatian, half Singaporean. It's Belich. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's Belich. And I was like, no, it's Belich. And I went... <laughs> I went to see my dad over the holidays and I was like, can you imagine the fucking caucasity of this man trying to tell me how to White pronounce my name? My name. <laughs> what? And my dad was like, oh, I mean, like, it is Bellich. Bitch, I was like 23. 23 years of my life. I didn't know how the fuck to pronounce my own name. One, you're 23. Wow. Uh, I'm you're... 27 now. I was oh. like 23 then when I okay, had Okay, realization. I was going to say, I was going <laughs> to 23 and a doctor. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, wow, she's young. She's young. Wait, so the H got dropped? The ho got dropped out of your name? Yeah, because like my family immigrated from Croatia on like a little boat. And then when they got here, the people didn't recognize a little dash on top of the sea. So it just became Bellic. And they're like, ah, fuck it. Close enough. Oh, oh, okay. Come on, linguistics. Let's get linguistical. Oh, (laughs) Apologize to anyone who can probably hear my cat. His name is Rufus. He has this deep howl with like lots of O's. He's like, yeah. And it's because it's the morning and he needs to shit. So he's just making his little morning poop holes. Yep, I hear um, him. You can probably hear it in the background. I hear he him. won't stop. <laughs> Rufus Wright, who sings Hallelujah from Shrek 2. Do you, please. That is not his namesake. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that song though? Hallelujah by Rufus Wright, specifically that version in Shrek. Not Shrek 2. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm a liar. Shrek 1. Shrek 1. Yeah, it is. It's iconic. It's okay. like the second most iconic musical yeah. piece. <laughs> legitimately think that shrek one made that song popular shrek one was a time shrek one and shrek two shrek three was a hot mess doesn't it keep on going oh yeah it keeps going (laughs) if i were a movie 
It will be Shrek 3, a hot mess. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> fucking chaotic, crumbling. It's okay, you're about to start the whole Shrek verse. I, right. <laughs> I am literally ready to start the Shenaniverse. Uh, Sh- Shenaniverse. <laughs> oh, actually, that is in my previous episode. I won't, we won't talk about that. We won't talk about that. But that was in my, my previous episode. So, how is science communication for you right now? Ooh, right now? Okay, so I do freelance science communication, but I also have a full-time job at the university, so right now it's sad. I'm just doing too much, and I can't commit the time I want to all the freelance work I have, Mm. but it makes me so happy, and I have some really, like, precious projects that I'm really proud of. Can you talk about some of the projects? Yeah, so one of them, um, I didn't seek approval from the industry partner beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to leave their name out, but I'll talk about the organization I'm working with. Okay. Um, so I really wanted to create a project with Deadly Science. For those of you not in so-called Australia, that is organization run by Indigenous Australians. Ooh. Um, and they focus on delivering educational resources to kids in rural schools. Mm-hmm. It's so exciting. I love them so much. That's really amazing. <laughs> One thing that I really admire about Australia, especially Australia and Canada, is that you guys do a really good job of representing Indigenous people. You know, every time I'm giving these talks at like Canadian schools, they have to acknowledge that they're on Indigenous land. And I'm like, I love this. Why you the U.S. were so behind. Well, obviously, like we're the U.S. We're always behind. We think we're the best. <laughs> I say we, I am not part of this we, but I am in this country and we are (laughs) literally not the best. We're a hot mess. Can we pause here for a second so I can flush my cat's shit? Okay, go for it. Smells so bad. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Wait, but I have a lot to say about this. So don't, we gotta, we gotta come back. All right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, baby. Here, let me, there's your poo being flushed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good boy. He uses the human toilet. We love toilet ASMR. And you want your treat. <laughs> Come here. You're a good boy. Come here. Yeah, you can have your treat now, please. For the love of God, my sweet little prince. Imagine up. if I don't edit that part out. Edit out the part of your cat so that people are going to be like, why is she talking to Darian like that? <laughs> good little boy. Good boy, you did your poo. Just to be shady, I might do that. <laughs> with it okay wait i have a fucking lot to say about that <laughs> okay okay let's spill the beans wait, wait wait hold on wait, wait let me so right now i'm drinking coffee let me mentally get ready to drink some tea all right <laughs> spill the tea spill the tea baby I think it is a good thing that we have things like land acknowledgements here i mean i'm coming to you from unceded gadigal land but it's not enough like yeah i think it's great that that happens but i don't want to see us like praising Canada and Australia for acknowledging the land they're on like bitch give the land back <laughs> okay yeah okay you know <laughs> you're right not the Americans they're like off the bare minimum right, I know. <laughs> hey acknowledging land is better than what we're doing nothing <laughs> <laughs> but you're right you you make a good great fucking point me and my mom were saying that whenever people like go back to where you came from we're like yeah you too <laughs> Hmm? right (laughs) but I also think the reason why we talk about it more here is because there was like a whole motherfucking genocide like Mm -hmm. it's really 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 rough and I think that's why it's so important that people are actively investing in future generations of indigenous kids so this organization is one that is doing that and that's one organization that I'm working with But the reason why I'm so proud of the project and, you know, I'm still learning so I could still be fucking shit up, but that's okay. I'm a dumb bitch and I just keep on learning as I go. Girl, you and me both. (laughs) 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 But for me, like this project is so important to me because we've made sure that it's created with and owned by Indigenous peoples. Mm -hmm. We're basically creating these educational kits that have like a worksheet, an experiment, and a video series that goes along with it, one for chemistry, biology, and physics. So far, only the chemistry one is funded. I'm not Indigenous. I'm Singaporean-Croatian. So I want to make sure that this project has longevity and can run without me. 
doing mm-hmm. the coordination behind the scenes. So we built in an Indigenous paid internship program so I can train people up to replace me. It just makes me so happy. I've got, I've got little goosebumps. Holy <laughs> shit. Girl, I'm so proud of you. I didn't know you've been doing this. How long have you been doing this? Um, we've been working on it for a year. I think, you know, if you want things to really be owned and created yeah. with and run by a community, you've got to fucking be patient. I feel like... I am raised in a white supremacist society with lots of capitalistic, capitalistic, capitalism, (laughs) capitalistic, right? Capitalistic, yeah. Yeah, capitalistic values. Come on, linguistics. Let's get fucking. You know, I I want outputs. I want it now, and I realize that's a lot of stuff I'm still trying to unlearn. And I Mm. think this project has really helped me with that because through listening i'm able to reevaluate what value means to me and value really is community connection um so yeah (laughs) holy shit (laughs) i am proud of you you said you're working at your university and you would like to spend more time with your science communication are you working part-time full-time at your university full-time at the moment i'm a senior research development officer Mm. um so i basically just tell that's a mouthful it is. I'm like, oh, your project's fucking dumb. Make it better. Uh- <laughs> that that literally sounds so fun. That it. sounds fun. <laughs> You're literally getting paid to judge. Like, girl, I do um, it for free. <laughs> I, have, I have a contract until the end of the year here, and I have a um, continuing contract in another space at the university. Breach the contract. Breach the contract. But- Work part time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I really want to focus this year on um, there's still things I want to learn in that space and connections mm-hmm. that I want to make. I have like a manager that I, I I feel like I haven't had a really good mentor and I finally have one. So I want to see out this year yeah. with him and then we'll find like um, a nice way I can transition to doing the freelance work that yeah. makes my heart sing while still having like, you know, enough money to live on because at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day. work does and does not pay. <laughs> Girl, oh, okay. I have like my little inner circle of like close science communicator friends, and OBS, <laughs> you're you're in that circle, and I'm always trying to. I don't know. Like we, we always try to help each other out, you know. So if oh, there's yeah. a, ever an opportunity that comes my way, I'll relay it to you too. Um, well, I feel like that's like the beauty of um, working in this field. That's so. I feel like we're all still carving out our own paths oh, and yeah. we need each other to work out what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. We're just fucking stumbling around and telling ourselves we're doing a good job. <laughs> Literally every morning I think of Dolly Parton's nine to five, tumble out of bed and a stumble out of kitchen. No, no. Literally that's, Except it it doesn't pass those two verses. It's just literally those two verses on repeat on like for the rest of the day. Repeat. Yes. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> the way that I like to describe my life is, you know, like when you are, when you're like walking up the stairs or when you're just walking in general and you trip mm-hmm. over something, but you don't fall and you kind of catch yourself while you're tripping and you, you don't trip entirely. But you know that one, okay. like that split second of, oh crap, I'm going to fall, but you don't. Now elongate that half a second. <laughs> to like eternity and that's the state that i'm in i feel like i'm tripping down the stairs but bitch i fucking lost both my feet i'm going head first i'm tumbling i'm picking up speed and somehow it's like shot me off a ramp you know like i didn't mean to get anywhere near where i am i didn't like know any scientists growing up yeah. i didn't know what a phd was i didn't what the fuck was science communication bitch i had no idea and then it just flung me into it you know <laughs> I didn't know what science communication was either until legitimately until I saw your content, Science Sam, Shannon Odell. Iconic. Oh, yes. Literally. Y'all are like the ultimate trifecta. I meant them, not me. But- oh, <laughs> Girl, you, I'm gassing you up. That's what I'm doing. I'm gassing you up. It's my it's my Asian jeans, baby. I can't take a compliment. I'm freaking out. Literally, your imposter syndrome is showing. You need to hide that. Girl, you need to get rid of it. Not even hide it. You need to get rid of that imposter <laughs> syndrome, the IS. Do you trust people who don't have imposter syndrome? Like, you know, you meet those people in the lab who are like, I know what I'm doing. I'm the smartest cunt here. Do you believe them? Ooh, that's tough because... Hmm. Mm. <laughs> I want to say... I have to like look at them holistically because there are some people who don't have imposter syndrome, but they are competent 
they're a bit hesitant about some of their abilities. I feel like there has to be like a certain threshold for someone to call it imposter mm. syndrome. But like, mm. I think there are some people who are like, hmm, I'm doubting my one ability on this experiment. But overall, like, I think I'm a good scientist because I don't know, because I'm a- <laughs> I'm picking up what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, if that, this makes like- sense. Like, yeah, it's OK if you're iffy on your technique. But I don't think there are some people who don't really question themselves as a whole and they don't suffer or go through imposter syndrome. I, I can still trust them. That was literally like brain dump. <laughs> We're slowly pulling out the words. We're pulling it out. Yeah, literally. <laughs> One thing everyone is going to learn about me is that sometimes my thoughts are not very cohesive and I just have to like vomit little chunks of thought and then y'all have to do the rest <laughs> and string it together. You're like giving them the scrabble pieces and they have to like put the words together. You're like, there's another piece. <laughs> yeah, literally for y'all. Every time y'all listen, it's like a game of Wordle. <laughs> longest game of yeah you're like what is he trying to say (laughs) i'm like you're right nope you're wrong it's rearrange the story that's the right sequence yes you've got one theme in the wrong place yes But that doesn't uh, make sense though. You're like, you know what I mean? Like, I hear what you're saying with that because I can only speak from my own personal experience, but I really feel like sometimes I doubt my value as a person. <laughs> and that's probably above the threshold of where we draw the line. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh, uh huh. When you were getting your PhD, did you go through imposter syndrome given what we've been talking about? I think I know the answer, but I just want to throw it out there. Did you go through imposter syndrome? A hundred percent. So my research path was a little bit non-traditional. Like I'm a first generation university graduate. So I didn't really have anyone that I could uh, lean on or ask questions from. But I did my degree in biotechnology Mm -hmm. and then I failed two subjects and was shitting bricks because if I had to extend my degree, I had to tell my mother I failed. And she oh, is a good Singaporean woman who would beat my fucking ass. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I need to find a solution. So I found these summer research courses online. I had no idea what research is. Okay. I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And I went to find the subject coordinator and I was like, can you please sign this form saying that I can take on board these extra subjects? And she's like, yeah. why would I let you take on board these extra subjects when you're already failing? And I was like, because. Because I bitch. am going to nail it. I, I pitched her. I gave a pitch. And she was like, oh, you know what? <laughs> Whatever. I signed the form. So I did, yeah. I did these summer research projects where I spent one year trying to purify a protein and didn't do it. <laughs> I broke one very expensive piece of machinery. I really just didn't achieve anything. But I fell in love with it. You know, yeah. like, yeah, it's just... It's, it blew my mind that I was able to attempt to create knowledge. Like, I think it was my Mm. first time in science that I I felt like I could explore the unknown and Mm -hmm. be creative and inventive. Oh, (laughs) into the unknown, into the unknown who? Fun. that's amazing i love how like sometimes when we have these plans in our heads and when, when things don't go to plan and we have to kind of like take a little detour and sometimes that detour is in fact the main road that you're going to take and i love how you got into research that way it's very honestly very inspiring and this just goes to show that we're going to make a to-do list in life and not everything is going to go your way and it's okay it is okay y'all I used to teach a subject called career management for scientists for a couple of years. And I think the takeaway for my students, it's not about knowing where you're going. None of us fucking know what we're doing. If, if mm-hmm. people tell you they do, they're lying. I think it's just about moving in a direction. Yeah. Like if you can identify something you're interested in and make some steps towards it, it's yeah. not about the end goal. It's about like enjoying that journey. But like circling, circling back when, when I was trying to say about like my imposter syndrome, I remember during my honors, I had someone ask me if I was going to do a PhD and I straight up was like, oh, sorry, I'll be back in just one second. I just got to run to the bathroom. I fucking locked myself in the cubicle and had to Google what a PhD was. Like when I tell <laughs> you I spent a year in a research lab and still didn't understand, like I, it was so foreign to me. So like, <laughs> yes, on the imposter syndrome, I was just stumbling around with a smile yeah. on my face, pretending I knew what was going on. <laughs> I was kind of like that too, where my PI from my previous lab was really encouraging me to pursue a PhD. 
And I was like, okay. And so I applied to like PhD programs. And then when I got some interviews and I met like the other applicants, mm. most of them had like a master's degree. And I was like, what's a master's? Right? <laughs> it, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel so dumb because I was like, what? What a master! I don't know what that is. I was so a sorry. Master like, of what? Yeah. Like, how do you get that? Were you born into that title? Like, literally, like Pokemon master. Okay, and <laughs> for real. And they're like, oh, well, I did two years of research, and I was like, why not get a PhD? And they're like, oh, well, some PhD programs require you to get a master's, and it was through the applicants that kind of taught me of like what a master's is, and I feel kind of low key ashamed of embarrassed for not knowing. But no. the more you know, you got to learn somewhere, you know. Well, I feel like when I told my mom, I was like, mom, I'm going to do a PhD. She was like, why can't you just do a master's degree for me? That is all your grandpa wanted. He wanted someone to get a master's degree. And I was mm-hmm. like, mom, I'm getting a doctorate. And she was like, it's like the highest why level. Can't you just do this for your family. Yeah. Why can't you just get a master's degree for your family? And I was like, because in the system in Australia, yeah. I can get my PhD tuition paid for. I have to pay for my master's tuition. Yes. Well, I would love to take the skipping step where I go straight into the paid program. Yes. <laughs> and she and was like, just get a master's for us. And I was like, no. <laughs> you no. don't understand. We can't afford that. <laughs> I'm going to become a doctor. And for those that don't know, you can cheat the system. I feel bad even mentioning this. You you know what I'm going to say. You're laughing. I'm pretty sure you know. But like, if you want to get a master's degree and you don't want to pay... Some people will apply for PhD programs. Um, no one can see you, but she you uh, <laughs> was uh, air sucking a dick, uh, sucking a bleep. Uh, anyway, you can apply for PhD programs and then master's out and not really pay much. I don't think so. Are there any programs that like you have to pay like a little penalty fee or something for mastering out? You know. I think it's really dependent at different places, but um, I always read the fine print. Like even when I got my scholarship, yeah, I was like, this would be great. They were paying me 26K a year, um, which is like for me Wait, coming 26... from undergrad, I was like $1,000. Let me convert conversion. that. Yeah, 26. How quick can you type? I'm A-U-D. typing with one hand. <laughs> Wait, you're getting paid 26,000 Australian dollars? Y'all. What's that that is what is 18. It? That is 18.8K. That is like half, kind of half of what we're getting paid. We get paid. Okay, let me let me do the, the other conversion. We get paid about 31, I think. 31, 32K. 30. Let's let's do 31K. That is 43K Australian dollars. But I don't pay tuition. Does that reduce it? I don't know. The point is, it's below minimum wage. And at the time, I was like, oh, my God, $26,000. That's so much money. And then I signed up to it, obviously. And then I was reading the fine print. And this fucking contract said, you cannot work more than eight hours a week in any other job. And I was like, excuse me? I cannot afford to pay my rent if I don't work more than eight hours a week in any other job. I'm not saying I did this. But some people... Work a lot more than eight hours unofficially. <laughs> hmm. 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 Spicy. Spicy. Mm. <laughs> Someone passed me the water because it's spicy or pass me more tea. Mm. I actually think it's quite rude that you drink coffee rather than tea during these. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's not on brand, Darian. Just get some boba. Let me just change the name to Scientifically Speaking. <laughs> Is that where I'm brand now? Sounds really gory. Like I, I can feel that in my body. Hi guys, welcome to Scientifically Speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I am chugging a venti. Wait, y'all don't have Starbucks in Australia, huh? Bitch, where the fuck do you think I live? We have fucking Starbucks. We just don't drink the filth. No, really? Okay, because I'm I'm asking because I saw I saw a YouTube video the other day that said that explained why Starbucks in Australia didn't work. Maybe that was like back in 2012, I think. I mean, Starbucks still exists. It is, oh. it is an international chain. There are countries outside of America. Have you heard of them before? No, I thought everywhere was US. What do you mean? No, we. The, what are look, what are countries? 
Starbucks exists, but I don't think anyone drinks it. And it's because the coffee is bad. That's just objectively speaking. You can trust me. I'm a doctor. To be fair, I did not finish that video. So I don't know the outcome. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) it's like reading a research paper and not even reading the conclusions, just reading like the the figures (laughs) and not even understanding the full story of that paper. You didn't even read the figures. You read the title and you were like, yeah. (laughs) I literally read the bitch. I only read the first two words of the title. (laughs) Misread the title and you were like, yes, I get this. I'm going to go tell people about this now. It's like, um, I just read 10 papers today. Uh, what I mean by that is I read 10 titles. Half <laughs> <laughs> of them. So like five, five average. So how long did it take you to finish your PhD? Oh, God. I think four years. I try not to think about it. When I tell you I don't take my PhD seriously, I literally just have my degree sitting on the side, like just willy nilly on my bench. I haven't even framed the thing. <laughs> it was Bitch. traumatic. I still... I still haven't printed my thesis. Traumatic. <laughs> was, ooh. Ooh. It was during COVID times. So I, I just, I just, I, I paid for Nina Draws Scientists. They are an amazing artist. Go and yep. follow them to make, I commissioned them to make this beautiful front cover for me for this amazingly gorgeous thesis that I just never printed. <laughs> you know what? This is, I'm calling myself out. I'm going to print it. I'll set myself a deadline. It'll be yeah. by August, 2022. Cause that'll be two years since I finished my PhD. <laughs> oh, so you, you've been out for a while. Oh yeah. I submitted like during lockdown in COVID, I submitted and then sat on my couch and cried and then drank a bottle of wine and was like, celebration. I love living alone. <laughs> <laughs> that's really fast though i think it's very uncommon for for someone to receive their phd within or finish their phd within four years it's more common here i think because of like the way they pay us and they cut you off after three years so you only have a three-year scholarship and then you make oh, no money i, I was see. able to get a six-month extension and then i still went six months no income wow <laughs> that was Holy fun moly. wait so you said um you said the word trauma and i i want to unbox that <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, right. I saw like a therapist. I legitimately saw like a therapist. All right. So you said trauma. So can you um can you elaborate on that? Which were the most traumatic parts of my PhD? My gosh, there's so many. Let me let me let me think of how much time do we have so I can pick the length of the one arm pack. We we have like (laughs) we have about thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. Hmm. What flavor of trauma from my PhD Hmm. will we discuss today? I want the spicy one. The spiciest? You're yeah. ready for high heat? Oh, no, no, no. no. Um, Wait, no, let's work our way up. Let's work our way up. Um, start with mild. Start with mild. <laughs> because if you tell me the spiciest story, I'm, I'm going to be like, oh, I want more. I want more. And then you give me the second spice. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'll just give you, we'll give you one serving and we'll go, we'll go full spice. Yeah. And I'll see if I can, if, if you can get through the full meal. Okay. Okay. Well, actually, actually, can we wait real quick? I got to go pee. This this coffee is kicking in. Go, 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 go. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, I am back. Oh, wait, I should have said, I'm back, 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 back again. Guess who's back in the house? Here's click clacking about five fresh feminist out to 11, um, something, something. So please tell me another <laughs> song. Please tell me. I was, I was getting so impressed. I was like, look at you go. And you're like, summer, 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 summer. <laughs> um, another thing that y'all are going to learn about me is that I know the tunes to a lot of songs, but I don't know the words to them. Well, do you know that song? Oh my god, it's called Call Me Mother what? by RuPaul. Oh, bitch, you need to give me more context. Oh, oh my wait, you watch Drag Race though, right? Yes, I do. Okay, I was gonna say, well, girl, you need to step the pussy up. We watch Drag Race every weekend. It's a little foreign drag community. Who <laughs> are you rooting for for the season? Always, always Willow Pill. Yes, love Willow. There is no other correct answer. You better fucking watch what you say next. Go on. I Go was on. rooting for cornbread, but she broke my heel, oh my, my heel, my heel. Who am I rooting for? Willow is good. Willow is up there. Willow is good. Did you just fucking stop at the word good? Willow is <laughs> iconic. It's also hard to be really excited about this season because at the time of recording, we had just watched the latest Snatch Game, which was yeah. a fucking devastating yeah, oh yeah, yeah. hot mess so like it's oh. hard to root for anyone right now i know who i'm rooting for angeria oh my gosh oh, yes 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 okay the yes, other angeria. yeah yeah <laughs> scrap this topic of drag race because we are here to talk about <laughs> science you asked me for spicy phd trauma oh yes said, oh because i was like heat. yeah i know i was like i'm ready i'm ready <laughs> i'm ready yes you're ready for the spice I love Spice Girls. I, I don't even know where I'm going with this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let me build up this joke. I don't know how I'm going to land this joke. So let me, let me just scratch this. Once again, this goes back to me not having complete thoughts. And let me just throw out <laughs> chunks of it. And then y'all figure out the rest. <laughs> uh, I mean, where will I start with this? Uh We'll just pick one theme. We'll pick yeah. one theme and I'll, yeah. I'll go over that. So yeah. like, I had like a lot of conflict with my PhD supervisor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I what's think- their name? <laughs> oh God, no, I will not. I will not. Say will their not. name. Say their. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I keep on reminding myself that like for me to move forward from my trauma, it's about like just having peace with the fact that he is such a fucking idiot. He's going to ruin his own career without me doing it for mm-hmm. him. So I do not intentionally bring him any harm. He did many things, but an example of where he really tried to wield his power over me and make me feel small was when I started to build confidence and ask questions about uh-huh. like the scientific integrity of things. And I remember we <gasps> oh, had this meeting. Yeah there was this like glass room we were sitting in. So it's like Mm -hmm. three walls of glass and this like long wooden table. And he got so worked up when I was poking holes just Mm -hmm. by asking genuine questions about one of the methodologies we were using that Mm -hmm. he got up and he, he put his hands on this table I was sitting at and he stood over me and he's like a built man. And Mm -hmm. he had his whole body hunched over me while he was telling me off and berating me. And I just sat there. And I waited until the end. And all I said was, are you done? (laughs) (gasps) Mic drop. Oh my gosh. I'm sure he got so mad. Bitch, I was unhinged. I used to be, (laughs) I used to be so scared of him. Like um, in the beginning of my PhD, I actually, I started seeing the clinical psychologist at my university and we spent every single session, every week role-playing how to be assertive because it wasn't something I could naturally do. I used to not be able to talk in lab meetings. I couldn't find my voice. I let people push me around. And those sessions I would prep beforehand on like how to actually 
ask my questions. Mm -hmm. That really helped me sit through his bullshit and then call him out. One thing that I learned, and I learned this from Drag Race. (laughs) Well, I learned it from Drag Race and just, just over time to act clueless in that situation. I would have been like, I don't get it. Why are you mad? (laughs) No need to get mad. Like, (laughs) pull a Shea Coulee. No need to get mad. I'm just asking a question. Or I don't get it. Like, what's upsetting you right now? (laughs) If someone says, like, something racist to you or say a very condescending comment, if you know the intentions behind it, just pretend you don't know the intentions and ask, like, I don't get it. Why did you make that comment? Or I don't get it. What's so funny about that comment? And then it'll make them question everything and then it'll frustrate them even more and make them feel stupid. Yeah, I think the questioning is really important. I'm going to sidetrack to like a separate story because I feel like it aligns with this and I'll come back to like yeah, the, go for the it. trauma dump. But I was on this date and person just kept on like talking about how they had done all of this like aid work in another country. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there and I was like, mm, okay. So I asked them questions. It started when the entrees came out. We got yeah. all the way to the main. So this person has just been like talking and talking and talking about like, oh, I go to this like a poor country and I do all this medical stuff and I like yeah. built this fucking house or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I asked them all these questions to get all the information. And then I sat there and I was like, yeah. So I'm curious, like, um, how much of your white saviorism do you think contributes to this? And they were like, is this like community owned are they like employing locals i understand they want to bring in your like white guilt money and i'm here for that but like i want to know more and they just like fumbled through it and then i let them pay for the bill and i never spoke to them again good good (laughs) we love that we love that Oh, but that's such a power move. I love that. Which, by the way, um, I'm sure he went on one of those like voluntourism trips where you mm. pay money to volunteer. And it's always those like white people that are always like, I didn't help them. They helped me find myself like, bitch, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Uh, and like, you know, they're like posting pictures to their social yeah. media feed being like, look at my kids that I've helped. Right. And it's always them surrounded by like the kids in the village that they helped and just like posing and like, oh my gosh, here are the kids that I'm helping. I Bro. found myself on this. Literally. Trip. Yeah. I-, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't helping them. They were helping me. <laughs> helping me gain likes on Instagram. <laughs> I've never built anything in my life, but look at this place I built that's going to collapse. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Now, I can talk about this. I can freely talk about this because, admittingly, I went on one of these trips and I really thought I was helping. No, but, like, looking back, I'm like, I really did that. I was such a stupid pre-med student. (laughs) Like, this is going to help my resume and all that. They really try to sell these trips as like you're helping the community, but like you're not really helping. Like your money is helping to pay, but you're not really doing and much. Where's your money going to? Like that's the fucking question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I've read a lot of papers on the psychological trauma that these voluntourists that I've put mm-hmm, a part in mm-hmm. can actually damage the community. If you really want to help out the community, you should like buy stuff from their community and help out their economy rather than trying to help out this organization and help mm. out that specific organization because they're getting the money from that community. And you should try to let them help themselves. Listen to their fucking wants and needs. I really like that you spoke about that because I feel like that's something people don't recognize. Like when people get called out on being like a dumb bitch, they normally get defensive. Whereas yes. I am just like you. I have done some fucking ridiculous shit. I was in Thailand riding a fucking elephant. I was patting a drugged up tiger because I was 17 or 18. And mm-hmm. at the time, I thought that meant I really liked animals. And now I'm very embarrassed of that. But the whole point is that you acknowledge that we're all absolute idiots. And we learn and we move forward. <laughs> that is why I always make fun of pre-med students. And then I'm always, I always get like those comments like, why, like, why do you hate pre-med students so much? Because I used to be one. I used to be so yeah. arrogant. I used to be so annoying. Honestly, after graduation, <laughs> I got a slice of humble pie and it mm. really character development, mm. character development. Yeah. <laughs> 
And now more annoying, more arrogant. I know, That's like now, now right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, like I think, <laughs> but really, like being in a toxic lab and all that really humbled me. Like it really put me in my place. That was when the slap of reality hit me. Really shaped me up. Oh my god! No, shut <laughs> up. Like I feel like I'm only coming to a place now where like I'm not as directly traumatized from my PhD. But like that supervisor I was telling you about, it started with things like that, and it just kept on growing and accumulating. He did things like he broke into my tissue culture room and stole all of my cryo stock. Um, stopped ordering what? me in FBS so I couldn't add things to my media. He put into writing in an email to my other supervisor that didn't want me to finish my PhD. And this like all bubbled over when I went in with another PhD student to a different tissue culture room to take some of their FBS. This is all yeah. with consent. I described this to my other supervisor. I got approval. I went in with the student who had approved it to give me their FBS. Yeah. He happened to walk in and see me in that room with the FBS. And it was, it was like, <gasps> she's stealing. And, oh my gosh. Um, for those that are listening, FBS is fetal bovine serum. It's like a little blended cow smoothie, but baby cow. Yeah. <laughs> don't, yep. don't say it like that, but that that's <laughs> honestly the best description. So, but don't paint that picture in our heads. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, there's someone probably here being like, oh my God, as they like eat a hamburger or something. Right. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was with that other student I was doing my PhD with as well and we were um, washing our hands before we head back into the common area mm-hmm. and we have this really really long corridor and there's one sink on the side that goes towards the offices and we were there washing our hands and my PhD supervisor came out from the lab up the end of the hall and that's really really far away and he saw us and he started yelling at us and I have the specifics because I wrote a transcript right afterwards because I knew I'd have to I'm gonna butcher it but he was basically like yelling at me for taking that and he's like you need to ask before you take things and I turned around my hands on the sink and I was like I did ask and he kept on screaming to the point that I I discovered my um you know how you have like your fight or flight bitch Mm -hmm. I freeze I just I just froze because he was like he's a big man and he's charging down the hallway fucking screaming at me right like guttural screaming at me and I got so scared that I just pushed myself into the wall and was like curled over the sink with like my hands in the basin and it was a student I was with who stepped in and she was like don't you talk to her like that and then he started screaming at her and they were like screaming at each other as he's charging down the hallway as he comes past us she's like physically like feet planted hands down like protecting me with her body just mm-hmm. screaming at him and she's like stop threatening us stop threatening us and he was like losing his mind and they're like screaming at each other and then he kicks a door like he like kicks the door to exit it and like runs out and she turned around to me and just collapsed into me and we were just there like crying on each other thankfully there was a student who obviously came out into the hallway because yeah. like we're fucking there's so much happening who saw right. all of it and he helped us get down to my other supervisor we recorded everything and we filed a complaint and they made him do some online training courses and he's he's fine and I'm I I have like a lot of distrust in men I have like a lot of broader like trust issues I yeah. like, question like my value and my worth it's like really soured my experience with academia and it's so hard to tease apart the trauma directly from him and mm-hmm. the things about academia that are just inherently yeah. traumatic. I'm so yeah. sorry that happened to you. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That's so frustrating. Wait, how long ago did that happen? Um, I I think that happened uh, around like the third year of my PhD when I was um, wrapping up. Mm-hmm. So I have two supervisors, one of them who was a good mentor to me in many ways and he supported me through this but he is core facility manager so we have access to all the mass spectrometers that we need and I can use them without having to to pay a fee for them but he doesn't have research funding um Mm -hmm. so I had lost a supervisor with all that funding when I removed him and you know it's it's a repeat pattern it isn't a once-off the two other students quit Mm -hmm. I had to go and find a new supervisor who had funding to get through the end of my PhD but I think I was so I was so scared for so long like before that other student quit the two of us would have like a buddy system so we would 
let each other know anytime we were in a lab space if we couldn't be there to physically be there with one another Mm -hmm. um we would wear the panic buttons that you wear on the weekend when you're in by yourself so if anything happened we could like alert security I think she would be okay with me sharing this but like she had nightmares of him like harming her I think it really like fucking scared the two of us for a really long time yeah I think when I finished my PhD I was so focused on getting to the end And then when I was done, I put that shit in a box and like, I wouldn't really say I've dealt with it. I mean, it's why I haven't probably why I haven't framed my degree or printed my thesis because that whole thing is just tarnished with with him. And it's also why I haven't published. I'm sitting on like four publications that are ready to go, but I just, it's been two years. I haven't brought myself to try and. It's also triggering too. Like it opens Mm. this box of memories that you don't want to particularly see again or just remember. I'm totally with you on that. When I left my old lab, my my old PI, she gave me um so my old lab, I studied the cerebellum a lot and I loved looking into Purkinje cells. And so one of the mm. going away gifts that she gave me was like this really nice framed golden Purkinje cell picture with wow. with a really honestly a really nice message. But I think because mm. I'm so really triggered by her presence that I know even just putting that up in my room, I will get so triggered and remember all the bad things from that lab. And so it is tucked away in my closet and I refuse to even put it up, but I totally feel you on that. Yeah. This is actually making me realize I should probably unpack this a bit more with my therapist. (laughs) 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 On on that note, like I cannot recommend enough, like the value of having a therapist. When I was doing my PhD, I couldn't afford the therapist I have now. So now I have a woman of color with a PhD because I have trauma from my PhD. I need Mm -hmm. someone who's Asian so I can talk about you know, trauma that comes from that. I feel you. No, I feel you. When I looked for a therapist, I specifically thought I am not going to pick a white therapist. I am going to pick a person of color because they would understand where I'm coming from. And I do not want a male therapist. So I love my, my therapist, Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's so good. It's so good having someone, I mean, that you can pay to deal with your problems, but someone who actually knows what they're doing and can guide me in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Even during my PhD, when I couldn't afford a therapist like that, I was seeing the clinical psychologist in training at my university Mm -hmm. and they very well intentioned, but they're on rotations. It's always different people. So I couldn't unpack like the deep trauma in my life, Mm -hmm. but we could focus on practical tools. So I spent three months learning about sleep hygiene, the clinical psychologist, and we implemented it. I worked on, like I said before, which is really important, like actually role-playing how to be assertive and practicing it and getting the motions and learning how to speak that language so I could do it in real life situations. We worked on like tools to manage procrastination, um, just lots of small important things which are still really valuable but yeah. if I were to compare that to what I'm doing with my therapist now it's a, it's, it's t- totally different but I think whatever you have access to if you go in there with the desire to learn mm-hmm. it can be really really beneficial damn uh, snap 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 Oh my gosh, this is such a wonderful conversation. I really do want to talk more about this. I would love to have you on another episode if you're down. Me? Little old me? I love to run my mouth. I'll be back. Girl, (laughs) me and you both. Wait, do you have your own podcast? You need to have your own podcast. It's in the works, but we we need to wait until I transition out of this full-time contract. But I have plans. Yeah. We we talked about this on uh, No, on we're Instagram. talking off air. Don't don't you don't you don't you give away my, my actually my no, yeah, I air. I know. Like watch <laughs> watch we talk about it now and then someone beats you to the title. Right? I was like, let me just sit on this for another six to nine months, and you're like, let's give everyone the details, baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's here's my advice to starting a podcast. And it's probably not the best advice, but it honestly started out on a whim. I was taking a shower and I've always had the idea of starting a podcast like just simmering in the back of my mind while I was showering one day maybe something reminded me of my old lab and I was like I just got to talk about this I got to let it out and so then I FaceTimed my friend Jesse on episode one and I was like hey I want to start a podcast uh do you want to be on the first episode she's like uh okay when you want to (laughs) record and I was like right now she's like I'm studying for meds yeah (laughs) she's like I'm studying for med school um, but give me a couple minutes. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> and then I like kind of designed the, the cover or whatever on for Spotify already. We just started talking and filmed and it was really an impromptu interview and it went, 
it went well. And I would love to keep talking about these stories with different guests. And we love hearing from you. Hey, girl, I'm saying just start. Just do one. Yeah, I will. I will. Yeah, do it. I feel like sharing the trauma can be really cathartic. Yeah. But it can also be really hard when you realize that all of these issues aren't in isolation. Like, I for sure know someone is doing their PhD program, listening to this, feeling really, like, probably triggered from everything that I've said. And mm-hmm. I, I think things like this are really helpful at identifying, like, collective anger. Like, mm-hmm. I think collective anger at, like, a broken academic system that puts one person in charge of your future and allows them to wield so much power over you. Yep. Um, and I hope that people can use that collective anger to push for something a little bit different. I mean, I would personally love to burn academia to the ground and then rebuild it again properly. <laughs> but, you know, we got to make changes wherever we can. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, You know, I was going to ask you, like, do you have any advice for my followers? And I think that in itself was good advice. But do you have any, I guess, more advice? Um, I get a fucking therapist. Ooh, it's always, yes. it's always get a therapist. Like yep. I, I, I know I was hesitant to do it for so long because I was like, but there's nothing wrong with me. Then <laughs> yeah. first of all, there's something wrong with all of us. Mm-hmm. And second of all, like it is so much easier to go to therapy when you're in a better mental headspace because then you build that connection with someone and get the tools to prevent something from breaking mm-hmm. versus when you wait till everything's shattered and you carry in all these little shards of pieces and you're like stick it back together like, yeah yep yep, yep. It's so much better to empower yourself with the tools early on <laughs> <laughs> and where can my followers find you oh you can follow me at naomi krobelic n-a-o-m-i-k-o-h-b-e-l-i-c there is no little fun thing on the c and it's the same across all social handles yar well thank you naomi yar thank you Thank you so much, Naomi, for being on this episode. And we would love to see you again. Alrighty, guys. I hope everyone has a great day. And I will... I don't know how to end these. I'm so bad at ending these. Tell them to get a therapist. Have a great day and get the therapist. Wait for that. Alright, guys. Have a great day and find a therapist. Alrighty. Bye, guys. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.